As I was praying about what to share today, I don't know if I'm going to make it through uh, everything this Sunday, so we might uh, continue uh, if I don't get through everything, but I actually wanted to talk about something that many believers hear a lot, a term, or sometimes you do, sometimes you might not, called a religious spirit. And uh, as I was processing this, I thought, is this a good message to bring in the season that we're in? And I really actually feel that it is, because there's two sides uh, that people can teach on when it comes to a religious spirit. Uh, Something I want to just share during worship, a thought that came to me Uh, One of the biggest lies of the religious spirit is taking away freedom. And uh, I'm going to talk a few different sides. We have religion, we have the spirit of religion, which has a religious spirit attached to it, uh, but different areas that the spirit loves to act and operate in every one of us, I would say in every, every human on the face of this earth, whether you're a believer or not not, you have or could have or are definitely being attacked by some form of a religious spirit. So a lot of people look at a religious spirit as the type of a demonic spirit, and that's where believers tend, you know, some will say, well, hold it, that can't be, that can't be me, I'm a Christian, you know, and this is a demonic spirit uh, that can influence a person, and that, that's the whole thing is the demonic spirits do influence people. As the Holy Spirit influences us, so do demonic spirits influence people. Again, whether you're a believer or not doesn't change the ability of an influencer. What changes the ability of being influenced is whether or not you open a door or an ear or an eye to hear or see the work of an influencer. Many of us know that throughout life, we have many influences in our life. Uh, Pastors, senior leaders, they can influence people. We can become influencers, and my prayer is that we as leaders, as senior leaders, as pastors, are influencing the Holy Spirit onto people, not influencing bad habits, but the Holy Spirit. So, Really, a religious spirit, part of that is a demonic spirit that influences a person. It can influence an individual. It can influence a leader, which can influence a group, uh, a group of people. So it can be on its own, but it can also be a group that join with it. We know if you've ever studied history of, of the false cults, and uh, right down to drinking Kool-Aid as poison, uh, a, a religious leader influenced the people which was classified, would be classified as a demonic religious spirit. So we have to be careful on who we influence. The word religious, religion, is really uh, having a devout belief in something. It's an attitude, it's a decision, it's a choice that we make or a choice that we follow or a choice to stay under a dictatorship in our lives. So this religious spirit, demonic false spirit, tries to replace a genuine relationship with God many times by using works and traditions. Now I'm not against works and I'm not against traditions. The Bible's very clear that we need to be servants, we need to serve, 
The Bible's very clear that that must be a part of our Christian life. Obviously, it's a part of our marriages, our families. If we don't serve, we don't do works in the ministry or in the marriage, we're not going to have a marriage or a ministry. So we must learn to work. So in reality then, the religious spirit could trick us to not serve and to not work. And so we have to be super careful of that as believers. The Spirit tries to take us out of a powerful encounter with God, the truth. He tries to take us out of a powerful encounter with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, with the salvation principle in our lives. He tries to take us out of that. So if you find yourself reading the Bible very boring, and now there are some parts in Scripture where the genealogies, I mean, I have to admit, I, one, it's hard to pronounce all the names, and two, it's, it's just boring saying all the names. But the reality is God was wanting to show in His Word that a genealogy is actually really important. That where you came from to where you choose to go is actually really, really important. Even if your genealogy wasn't a good biblical genealogy, you still came from that, transformed, and started a genealogy, a continuation of good for generations yet to come. When, when people operate out of a religious spirit, they attempt to earn their salvation, or they push for their own way. They want to do Christianity their own way, which sometimes is in absolute contradiction to the Word of God. They, 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 you can always tell someone who has a, this little twist of religious spirit is their way is always the right way, and if you don't believe it, then there's the highway. That means the highway to get out of here. This false spirit literally is trying to push people into making traditions more valuable than the spontaneity of God and Holy Spirit. It's trying to, to make our traditions become more powerful than what the move of the Holy Spirit with fresh wind blowing all over us. It's wanting us to stick with tradition, stick with uh, religion in a way that doesn't have growth attached to it. You see, tradition, again, I say, isn't bad. But when tradition becomes more important than God's word for this day, there's a problem. Religion's not bad. Christianity is a religion. I truly believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's the only one true religion in this earth. And every other false religion has birthed itself somewhere out of the Bible or the Christianity in history. So when people operate as a religious spirit, they attempt to earn their salvation, and because they serve, they believe they're holier than someone who's not serving. Now, it doesn't mean that if you serve in the church or serve in, in, in marriage, serve in, in people's lives, doesn't mean you're, you're not doing a better walk than somebody else. What it means is that you think because you serve, it makes you holy. That's a religious spirit. 
And this spirit is hanging around constantly, attempting to cause judgment and destruction among believers and in the body of the church. So, I could go to the point of saying, if you have a Christian body, a a group of believers that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, but maybe on the more traditional side, you have another group of believers that believe the Lord Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, but on the more charismatic side, if you feel that your destiny or your goal is to be against them, then you have a religious spirit. And we have to be super careful in the seasons and times because there's so much confusion going on in this world right now that I truly believe the religious spirit is trying to to pin Christians against Christians, families against families, churches against churches, ministries against ministries. I will guarantee you That that is a deceiving devil trying to destroy the work of God on this earth. And we need to be so, so, so careful. It's, you know, we can't, I can't help share current events that go on when I preach. And so the reality is, is right now in our beautiful province and country where it's a mask mandate because of the pandemic. If I don't like wearing a mask, but I'm a believer, and a believer likes to wear a mask, we shouldn't have a division over a mask. (laughs) There should not be a division because if there is, somehow a religious spirit is getting in there, and you're thinking your way is better than someone else's way, but the reality, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says whether you wear a mask or not. Now people then will bring in the obedience, you know, of our local governments and everything else. I agree, and I was actually going to preach on Daniel and how well he listened to the king's order. I chose my message this morning because I felt, you know, we'll preach that at another time, because as soon as the decree came out from the king and in, in, in the king's weakness, he put a decree out that no one can pray to their God other than to his false God. What does Daniel do? He goes up, opens all the windows, and gets on his knees and prays three times a day. <laughs> so that was going to be my preach this morning. And then that would lie wherever it would lie. But I want to tell you something. If you want to be a Daniel, be a Daniel. If you don't want to be a Daniel at this moment, be God's lover, saved and set free through Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. And if you want to battle the whatever's going on around us, or you don't feel that that's your battle, your battle is more in prayer and intensity and fasting and intercession, There should be no separation between us as believers. The two perspectives that God has called each individual or each body, each church, each ministry into doing. Myself and our leadership, we discuss daily or weekly about what we should do as a church during this pandemic. 
How we are doing it doesn't mean I'm against how someone else in their leadership team has done it. They are my brothers and sisters. No different than in the 12 tribes of Israel, some were worshipers and dancers. And you know what? If I was one of the warriors that went in to fight the battle, I wasn't upset at the worshipers and dancers singing beside me. I was a warrior, I'm there, I got a sword, a shield, I'm going into battle, and the worshipers and dancers are singing hallelujah. And I could easily go up to the front line and go, why aren't you guys coming into the battle with me? What are you going to do, just dance and sing for crying out loud? we got a whole army in front of us. But you see, that's not what created strength in the Israelites. What created strength was that each of the tribes had a destiny and a call, and they all worked together to fulfill the victories. Because many times, those dancers, the Levites and singers, they went in front of the army, and the armies that were, came against them literally freaked out so much. Oh, my goodness, they're, they're already celebrating the victory. It'd be like me right now in our season of time, dancing and singing, yeah, 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 we got freedom. We got freedom in the church today. We got freedom. And people would look at me and say, what are you talking about? You're shut down. No. No, we ain't shut down. Ain't ain't a word. It ain't in the dictionary. You know what? It is. I lived in the South, North Carolina for four years. We ain't shut down. Oh, do we have a full church? No, of course not. We're online. We're doing prayer. We're praying. We're, we're talking with people on the phone. We're doing all sorts of things. But we ain't shut down. Government not shutting me down. If I'm in jail, I ain't shut down. So we have to look at it and decide. Are we going to let the religious spirit get in the way because one's called to fight the battle with swords and the other group are called to fight the battle with prayer? Which one's right and which one's wrong? Neither of them are. As long as they're hearing the word of the Lord in their lives. Because this spirit, religious spirit, it is hanging around and it wants to create judgment and destruction among the believers, among the bodies of Christ. If judgment and or destruction is coming against church to church, I will guarantee you there is a religious devil attached to it. Because even if a church was faltering or not hearing the word of the Lord correctly, you don't bring judgment against it. You go to your brother, meet with them in person, talk with them, and pray with them, and help walk with them. We know the enemy can masquerade, listen to this, as an angel of light. <laughs> the devil is a sneaky, lying deceiver. He can look like an angel of light, and he attempts to counterfeit any of God's good and perfect gifts in the efforts to cause chaos. He wants to counterfeit good, and he wants to counterfeit God's gifts as an angel of light. What do you mean he can be an angel of light? Well, when he does this, it creates chaos, it creates confusion, it creates shame, and it creates guilt. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 13. 
For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, verse 14 says, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. That doesn't mean he's a good angel. He just looks like good, but he's a lie. The religious spirit is out to imitate the work of the Holy Spirit. And we need discernment like we've never needed discernment before. In the seasons that we are in, we need such discernment in our hearts, in our families, our marriages, our children, in our ministries, our churches. We need the discernment of God and the power of Holy Spirit. Because this devil, he is an imitator. He wants to imitate the work of the Spirit because he ain't the work of the Holy Spirit. We must be clear that no matter how hard Satan tries to imitate the work of the Holy Spirit, he cannot imitate. He cannot be the work. He can only imitate it. He is not the worker of the Holy Spirit. He is an imitator. He is not the worker of the Word of God, but I guarantee you, I bet that devil knows more about the Bible than some of us do. But the good news is, when you seek to be led by the Holy Spirit of God, you will be able to identify and deal with this bitter and hypocritical spirit towards other believers. I would even say bitter, hypocritical spirits towards any human being is the form of a religious spirit enactment. I would even believe that if you let your bitterness and hypocritical spirit rise up in you against your own prime minister or president, be careful! Be careful! We're to pray for him. We're to pray for our leaders. Doesn't mean agree with them. Believe me, I do not agree with everything that our government is doing. But it doesn't mean I need to be critical or allow my bitterness, and hypocritical, I should say, and allow my bitterness to rise up against them. You can actually be critical of it in the sense that discernment is vitally important. I guarantee you that there are laws being passed that are not good laws for the people of the countries. There are a number of key points that I want to make today that, that the work of the religious spirit can manifest secretly in any one of us. It's easy for that religious spirit to manifest in us. So often we think, oh no, everyone else has it. Everyone, oh, that's the religious spirit in them. That's the religious spirit in that denomination or in that group or this and that. I'm not talking about anybody else right now. I'm talking about us, you. What's inside of you? What's inside of me? What's the allowance of an open door or an ear? or an eye, or a mouth that is speaking, seeing, or hearing too much of a deceitful devil and an evil spirit. But I want us to remember as we minister this, the Holy Spirit has equipped us with God's full armor. 
His full armor. One of the ways you can identify the Spirit in your life and overcome it. Some of these things I want to talk about. Let's take a look at Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. How many of you know that right now in the news media, there's probably cheating, bad philosophy, and deceit going on? Could anyone agree that there's probably some bad untruths being spoken? <laughs> According, so, uh, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, verse 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead boldly. In who? In Jesus Christ. Verse 10, and you are complete in him. You and I as believers in Jesus Christ are complete in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is the head of all principality and all power. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you what. I would encourage you right now to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To know that his death on that cross 2,000 years ago, as his blood flowed down that cross, you have forgiveness of your past and all your sins. But that resurrection three days later gave you the promise of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus, or you've been falling away, you've been backsliding in your Christian walk, your Christian faith, I want you right now just simply, oh Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my life, oh Jesus, fill my mind with your truth. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, for I no longer want to live bound by a lying, deceitful devil. Forgive me, Jesus. Amen. We need to expose religious tendencies in our own lives. Because if we don't expose religious tendencies in our own life, we actually can't even experience the fullness of true Christianity. You see, true Christianity is not just giving your life to Jesus. True Christianity is a lifestyle of authority and power over all darkness in your life. Doesn't mean you're going to live perfect, but I'll tell you what, more perfect today than yesterday is better than believing I could never do something or attain something. Removing religious tendencies sets us free to enjoy our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One of the major components, one of the major components of a religious tendency is guilt, fear, not knowing that you're truly a son or a daughter of the Father. Some of the signs of religious spirits is a spirit of powerlessness. <laughs> if you've been a Christian for any length of time, and you're not walking in some form of God's power, there's something not right. 
You see, no matter what age we are, we were never destined and designed to say, oh yeah, by the time you're 10 years as a believer, you're not going to have any power anymore. Or when you hit 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, you're going to lose all your power of Christianity. No, 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 no. If anything, the older we get, the more power we should be walking in. And that power cannot come from individuality or its religious spirit trying to get in. That power comes from an intimacy and a relationship with God. I tell you what, when I know that I know that I am a son of the living God, whoa, I could leap mountains. I could do all sorts of things. Exactly. That's our daily lifestyle. Superman! Maybe we need to go into a phone booth and close the door and quickly shut off all of the religious and religion spirits and come out Superman, Superwoman. I don't know if he goes into phone booths anymore, but back in my day, that's what he did in the cartoons. Or am I getting my cartoons mixed up? I think he went in, right? Look at my wife. Yeah, she's nodding. People are like, probably the younger kids are like, a phone booth? What's a phone booth? I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, phone booth, it used to be super, super special to actually have a phone. Not on you, because most houses didn't have a phone. We had to go to a booth on the corner, street corner. And it had like, some of them were glass and glass and a payphone in there. And you could remember those little doors, if you were like too big, you had to kind of squeeze to get them closed. And then you get in there and you put your quarters in. I remember making long distance calls back to my mom. Collect, of course. And the operator would come on, yep, yeah, I want to make a collect call, okay, what's your name? And I'd hear, you'd hear them answer on the other end. My mom would answer, yeah, this is the operator, uh, would you receive a collect call from Brent? And I was praying she'd say yes, and she always did, she always did. So those are phone booths, remember you'd be talking a little bit too long and bang, 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 and someone's out there. Now what? Yeah, exactly. Well, it'd be hard for Superman to come out of this thing, I tell you that. One of the signs of a religious spirit is powerlessness. You have a form of godliness, but you deny the power. And what does it say? And from such people turn away. Don't hang around people that have a form of godliness with no power. Oh, they can be your, your work, your ministry, but your ministry is to never encourage their godliness and lack of power by agreeing with them. Your ministry is to come to somebody who's feeling down and depressed, who's feeling that, yes, I'm a believer, but I don't have any strength or power in me. We're to come to them and say, that's a lie. That's actually a religious spirit speaking to you. That's not who you are. 
You are a believer. You have the word of God in you. And you walk with power because of the name of Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that our godliness, our godliness is not just an outward ceremony and ritual. But that our godliness is a changed lifestyle. It's a changed heart attitude. That every day, every week, we're changing. I love it when we, we're, we work with the people in, in the church and the ministries, and, and I watch the changes. I watch someone of extreme insecurity, and over their seasons, there's a change of identity and understanding of who they are, and there's changes. We would never expect instantaneous maturity. We're expecting a lifestyle of growing and growth in the Word, which is why I am willing to preach messages that might not be the most popular for building a, a, a love uh, family church or whatever. My heart is not to just build a large group of people gathering. My heart is to build an army, even if it's 300 Gideonites, that will defeat 135,000 Midianites. This doesn't mean that 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 power has to always be a seen miracle. You don't have to run out and start forcing miracles. I'm not saying that. You, that doesn't justify that you don't have a religious spirit if you do miracles. I, I've actually seen many, many people that, with a religious spirit that do tremendous signs and wonders. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation, healing, deliverance, and wholesome spirit, soul, and body. Yes, but you know what? You don't have to do or be the person on the platform or pulpit to be non-religious. Again, many, many people on the platform are religious spirits in them. There's something different and stronger than just signs and wonders, yet they are a must for all of us. We should see some sort of miraculous happening in our life on a daily basis. That miracle that can happen in your life can look very different to every individual. Maybe somebody is like super, super scared of being in front of people. And they come to you and they say, oh, I held the microphone and I prayed today. Okay, that was good. No, we go, wow! That's a miracle in their life. And then you have others that their whole desire is to grab the microphone out of your hand. And we're better to say, whoa, slower down. See, this religious spirit works on both sides of the equation. One, it keeps people in insecurity and doesn't let them advance. And two, it can overpower you with pride. The Word of God together with the anointing and the instruction of the Holy Spirit results in the power to change and become complete in Christ. We need to, we need to have the Holy Spirit and change and become complete in Christ. Another sign of a religious spirit is to always focus on the negative things that are happening around you. It's a big one right now. I have to struggle with this myself sometimes. There's some people I, I'll connect with and, and uh, politics comes up almost all the time. Pretty hard to stay positive sometimes with politics. Sometimes that negative spirit will jump in on me 
and they want me to focus on all the problems and all the issues. Hey, I understand people need to vent. I get it, but the reality is learn where to vent. And probably not best to vent in the phone booth. Well, the phone booth would have been better because the door closed and no one can hear it but the other person on the phone. But here, thousands of people, millions of people see it. This is the tendency to see our primary mission as tearing down what we believe is wrong. Our mission on earth is actually not to tear down all the wrong things of earth. Where did Jesus put his mission to tear down the things of this earth? Where did he take the effort and time as a fundamental structure of his ministry to tear down the religious Pharisees and Sadducees? He actually didn't. Yes, he called them hypocrites because of what they were doing and plotting against him. But the reality is, is his mission wasn't to tear them down. His mission was to be a shining light to people and let people make the decision and choices. The religious spirit usually sees more of what is wrong with other people or other churches than what is right with them. I tell you what, pretty much everyone that I can think of in counseling how many years I've been doing this, there's probably 90 plus percent or more that's better in the person than the problems of why they're needing counsel. Like you really think about it, the average individual is actually really good. There are a small percentage of really messed up bad people. It's actually quite small. We, you know, we think with, with media things that are going on that, that there's like all of America or Canada are racist or hate people or whatever. The reality is, is it's actually a small percentage, I believe, that have bad issues and problems and are wrong with that. So let's start looking and focusing on what's good in the person instead of what's wrong with the person. Because it would be much, much easier to focus on 90 plus percent of an individual and celebrate their goodness than to always talk about the, the one to 10% of what they did wrong. I tell you, goodness kicks the religious spirit in the butt right out of someone's life. Goodness, love, love, what does love conquer? We need love, we need, and love doesn't mean that you never walk through discipline, no. We need to be able to live a Christian life in such a level, in such a way, that people feel empowered out of their problems into a greater level of understanding of who they are through Jesus Christ. One of the other signs of religious spirit is manifested in a person that is always trying to fix what is wrong with other people as if they were appointed by God to do this. I have to be careful with this one. I'm definitely uh, probably a bit more on the driven personality. They probably call me more of a type A or some, some other things, oh, sanguines or whatever, penguins. I don't know what that used to be, but people would probably look at me and say, yeah, you are a driven individual. And so it's easy for me to see something wrong in someone's life and try to always fix it. I'm a fixer. When I have a problem with the car, I fix it. If we have a problem in a business, we fix it. You come to me for counsel, you're saying, okay, Mr. Mechanic, fix me. 
And I learned over the years that sometimes when my wife would come to me or someone would come to me for counsel, I wanted to fix the problem, but it really wasn't about a problem. It was they just wanted to talk. And so I have to be careful that it doesn't jump on me, this religious spirit, to always fix people's problems. But sometimes when you have a super busy schedule and you only have a certain allotted time, it just seems easier for me to not have to listen to all of the problems and we run out of time. I'd rather say, okay, look, let's prophesy, get my prophetic things going. So this is your problem, dot, 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 dot. This is why you do it, and this is how long you do it, so this is how you fix it, and look how many meetings I could have in a day. But no, we have to listen. Because a religious spirit kills compassion. It kills a listening ear. We are not appointed by God to change people. We are appointed by God to change you personally, me personally. No, you don't change me. I change me. I have a leadership that helps change me. That's our calling. A fourth sign of a religious spirit is a sense that we are closer to God than other people. Or that our lives and ministries are more pleasing to God than somebody else's. Oh, ouch. Let me say that again. Religious spirit is a sense that we are closer to God than other people. I have to fight that and battle that in my own mind. It doesn't matter if if they're unsaved and I'm a Christian or they're a Christian and I'm a senior leader, whatever. It does not say anywhere in Scripture that I am more important than you or I have somehow more of God's glory in me than you do. The reality is I need to be who I am and the measure of His glory and the measure of His presence and the measure of His authority in my life is subject to Him and me, but not me to boast or tell anybody else where they're at. You're not more pleasing to God, I'm not more pleasing to God. We're all pleasing to God. A fifth sign of a religious spirit is a tendency to compare ourselves to others that we think are less spiritual. And we try to build ourselves while tearing other people down. We don't tear other people down. We can't think that we're more spiritual than somebody else. Just focus on self. That sounds so prideful, doesn't it? We were always taught back in the day, you know, oh, at least I was, oh, you're you're just a, just you're kind of just nobody. You're just going to be nothing. Or, you know, I remember people would say, Brent, when, you know, I was like grade three or four. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a preacher of the gospel to the nations of the world. You're just a missionary kid. Come on. You're just a missionary kid. No, that's a lie. I'm not just a missionary kid. I am Brent Borthwick. I have a purpose and a destiny to breathe air right now. COVID-free. Sorry. (laughs) Mask. Had to throw that in. I have a purpose and a destiny to breathe the air that God has put around me. To not be a nobody. 
To be a flaming and roaring lion that moves to and fro with the power of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all in my life. That as I walk through the valleys of darkness, I don't fear the evil. I overcome the evil. That my destiny as a son of God through the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That I am to walk on this earth with my eyes, my ears, and my mouth focused and meditating in the Word of God. And maybe you say, oh yeah, but you're the preacher. No. That's your destiny. That's your purpose on this earth. To be a son, a daughter of the King. To walk this earth in the Word of God with your tongue as a two-edged sword, dividing evil from good and allowing the good to radiate around you as a living testimony of God's goodness in your life. Jealousy is attached to the religious spirit. And sometimes that jealousy can be that when a a new movement of Christianity, of young people or old people rise up and they grow faster than you're growing, you get suspicious of the movement. Suspicious of the churches or suspicious of these ministries. That's actually a jealous spirit rising up. Unless they're preaching against the word. Don't be suspicious if they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether they sit in a pew and sing hymns. Or they stand up front dancing and cheering. And heaven forbid they have a drum kit and electric guitar. Ah, sorry, that was my upbringing. The drums were the devil's instruments. Demonic beats. Never hear it in a church. It wasn't until the late 1800s that the church actually accepted a bar instrument from the bar. It's called a piano. Oh, such religious spirits. Who would think that this drum kit and these guitars or heaven forbid this Roland piano, that might be in the bar somewhere that Roland RD-800. You have a religious spirit if you think that piano has a demon in it, I tell you what. We need to get over our own ideologies sometimes. Because we need to step into a much more graceful, loving, peaceful environment of our life. 
The seventh sign of a religious spirit is a mechanical prayer life. When you feel relieved that your prayer time is almost over. <laughs> I have to be careful. I'll be honest with you. I love prayer. I don't see myself as like a prayer intercessor. But I love prayer. My prayers are usually fairly quick. But my praise and worship is long. It's a lifestyle in my life. Spend time in prayer. Personal prayer, corporate prayer. Oh, maybe we can't do that. Do it, corporate prayer. Another sign of a religious spirit is doing things in order to be noticed and accepted by man. We need to be careful. If why we serve is so we get noticed to be accepted, wrong spirit, wrong spirit. Another sign of a religious spirit is glorifying more in what God has done in the past than what he's doing in the present. I often ponder what I've been blessed to see and be a part of in the past. Miracles, signs and wonders that are so breathtaking. And sometimes I cry out, oh God, oh God, why? Why do I feel different than I did 20 years ago? And then I look in the mirror and realize, oh yeah, I'm actually older than I was 20 years ago. I'm a little grayer. A little bigger. I ache a little bit more. But you know what? I truly believe in my heart your hearts that we are growing day by day it might not be what you once saw but it's actually better if you're growing in your godly lifestyle it might not be yelling and screaming it could be entering into the peace that passes all understanding I remember 20, 30 years ago, my emotions were like a Six Flags roller coaster. Up, down, up, down, up, down. My highs were high and my lows were low. I'm pretty glad I tend to be on a more stable plane now. Increasing, I believe. in a deeper hunger. I'm not saying this to talk about me. I'm saying this to be a testimony for every one of us that just because things are different and you are like, oh yeah, well, I wish it was like the old days. I wish it was this. I wish it was that. It's actually a form of religious spirit trying to lie to you. You don't want to be what you were. 
You learn and you grow from that and you be are who you are today and tomorrow's a new day. Let the past be past. Let the future that is waiting to be written get written by who you are in your testimony of Jesus Christ. The last sign of religious spirit I want to talk about today I maybe next week I might go into four other things, other areas of what I'm talking about. The tenth sign of a religious spirit is keeping score on our spiritual lives. And maybe this is, includes, well, I'm better because I go to more meetings. Or I read my Bible more than somebody else. Or I do more things for God than other people. Don't let those thoughts come in. Don't let those thoughts come in. Because if you do, it takes away the power, it takes away the authority of your service, of what you're doing. I want to encourage us that we're moving into a season. I believe that we are in a season of the greatest revival the church will have ever seen. I believe that, yeah, we might be getting persecuted for sure. Well, that's nothing new. Just follow the life of the church from the beginning. Think of the disciples' lives. Uh, They got persecuted. Matter of fact, some of them got killed for it. (laughs) So this persecution that's going on around us right now, it's not new. For the devil is not a creator. The devil is a copier. He doesn't create things. He just uses things that have happened or thoughts of who you think you are. Let me tell you something. No matter what lies are being spoken out there in the world, this never lies. And this truth sets us free. There's these narratives that you're guilty or you're the problem if you don't do this. There's a loss of free will and freedom. I want to encourage you that you always have freedom in Jesus Christ. Start rejoicing. My wife and I drive here every Sunday. We're in prayer together on the highway. I drove my Corvette so I had to slow her down just a little bit oh he has a Corvette it's not my God as we were praying I wanted to go faster 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 but my little alarm went off that I was exceeding the speed 
I tell you what, in this season we are in right now, it's not to slow us down. Oh, they might want us to slow down. not slowing down. I'm going to worship my King, my Lord and Savior, my groom. And I'm going to worship Him. And I'm going to put that pedal down faster, not physically, because I'd get a ticket. And I'd break the law. But I ain't breaking this law. In this law says faster and faster and faster, deeper and deeper and deeper in his presence. More power, more authority in our life. No matter what you wear, drive, or look like, more power authority is the season we are in because there is a harvest that is so ripe that God is looking for the harvesters it's terrible when the plowman overtakes a harvester doesn't make sense when the harvester is cleaning the fields and a plowman and planter takes over I tend to believe that sometimes our churches are more plowmen women can I even say plowman plow person plowman plow woman and you start planting seeds and you don't harvest. You work yourself out of a job because the fields will be full of product, of harvest that's going to hell. So I tell you what, you take this out of your house, out of your church, out of your prayer meeting, and you make sure that you don't have a deceiving spirit in your ear, your eyes, or your tongue. Make sure that you walk in the freedom of His Word, in the power of His name, no matter where you are and what goes on around you. Be blessed. Have an amazing week. I probably will continue this into next week. Let's see what the Lord does. But don't just wait for him to do something. I believe many times he's waiting for you to be his doings on this earth as it is in heaven. Amen.